Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please welcome to the ice the members of the 2016 NCAA National Champions from the University of North Dakota. Welcome back to the Hasbens presented by 10K Takes, brought to you always by the Chill Boys. And you can go on www.chillboys.com. And listeners, you can type in HB15 to get 15% off your first order from the Chill Boys. Get your underwear, socks made out of bamboo. Now, let's get into our weekend recap here, brought to you guys by Beauty Status. And folks, Beauty Status is an authentic Minnesota hockey brand. Just, you know, original stuff, t-shirts, head covers, stickers for the man cave, flags, polos. They've got it all. Good Minnesota hockey stuff for all the fans out there. Go and check out Beauty Status um, on all socials. Their website is www.beautystatushky.com. Ols, what did you get up to uh, during the weekend here? Yeah, a little holiday week, uh, holiday weekend here with Halloween. Um, you know, unfortunately, we couldn't make it over to your to your warehouse party. Pretty bummed about that. Yonner, Zach Yon set something up a, a few weeks ago um, that we previously committed to. So. Um, but prior to that on Saturday, Friday, I got some engagement pictures done. So, you know, had to, had to look good, got dressed up in some new fits, uh, went down to a little lake area. It was, it was pretty fun. Actually, we drank some white claws and some fireball or whatever, took some pictures. And then Saturday we went, uh, North loop area and, uh, enjoyed ourselves a heck of a night. The gal, the gal and I were dressed up as Happy and Virginia Bennett. Did you guys know that her name is Virginia Bennett with a V, not Virginia Bennett? Yeah. And you're yeah. I, oh, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, I mean, that is something you kind of notice when you watch the movie, but then your brain just doesn't believe that it's Bennett. You're just like, Dude. that sounded like Bennett, but I know they were trying to say Bennett. Dude, every time the movie says Virginia Bennett, I, it, I, I've thought to this day, 28, almost 29 years, I thought it was Virginia Bennett. And when we were looking up costumes, we looked up her char character, sure enough, Virginia Bennett. I know that Adam Sandler likes the double, uh, you know, Veronica Vaughn, and and I just had no fucking clue. So uh, that, was a, that was a surprise, but uh, all in all, fun night, great costume. I uh, love Halloween, love dressing up. So that's my weekend. Also, I like that. I was going to ask about the uh, engagement pictures, too. I was happy to hear um, you were having some fireball and white claws during that. I was, you know, I'm in the dark on um, some of that stuff, what goes on during when you're taking those pictures and stuff. But, uh, you know, I like to imagine that I'll be pretty banged up for mine, um, not, you know, just right, right underneath where you can't visibly tell, you know, for the pictures. Yeah, you, I can imagine you try to hover that line, um, or else that could get to, that could get to be a long day of uh, cheesing. Hundred percent, and and I do want to shout out. Uh, I went to high school with with this Miranda. Um, she's married to a my, one of my best friends growing up. Nels Torgrimson. We played sports growing up, so uh, they live down here now. 
Um, but I got to shout out her um, photography page, Miranda.McLean.Photography. She's unreal. She comes loaded with the little fireball shooters. Um, like you said, you know, it's especially Shelby was super nervous and all that. I'm like, you're really good looking. Like I, I'm kind of awkward and whatever. So like I was yeah. getting hammered on some fireball shots, um, <laughs> yeah. but she, she did a great job. Obviously that's just a sneak peek. We can't wait to see the rest of them uh, in a couple of weeks here. For sure. And, uh, Sorry, folks, again, I did forget to introduce our guest, um, another Toba boy. We're keeping a trend here. Good old Toba boy, played for Nodak. Jackson Keene, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. Good to have you. Keener, what'd you get up to this weekend? Yeah, I went to I went to Fargo this weekend. My dad was, uh, he was scouting a couple guys on Sioux City for the Jets, so I went down with them and uh, just watched a couple games and then, had to make sure we uh, made the stop in Grand Forks on Saturday night. Watch the game, uh, the Vegas, the Vegas game um, at Joe Black's. That was pretty nice. Got to show Mike a little bit of uh, college life for a few for a night, and that was good. Love that. Did you uh, did you happen to show pops uh, the horn that goes off when you've when you've stayed too late at Joe Black's? We did not hit the horn, unfortunately. <laughs> um, Joe, I had never seen Joe Black's that packed before in my whole life. It was like, it was crazy. And it was also like a thousand degrees in there. We had to get out. It was just, uh, it was a little much. Yeah. yeah, it's a little much, especially if the uh, boys blow a two nothing lead. Probably got to get out of there if you don't want to, uh, the, yeah. the knuckles to get a little bloody. Just some, some pissed off Sioux fans looking to punch something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love that. Um, Mace, what'd you get up to this weekend? Uh, on Friday, me and my roommates went to a show at the Armory. It was a EDM show. Saw like five or six different people. It was pretty fun. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, went downtown for a little bit, but we pre-gamed for a little bit too long, so lines were pretty long. And then we went to Gage's, and we showed up pretty much right after people left. So caught the end of the Sioux game, watched that. Yeah, kind of a so... tough weekend for Halloween, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> terrible timing on your part. But that's all right. <laughs> yeah, it was my first Halloween back in the cities, so like I didn't realize that the lines at the bars were going to be a fucking hour and a half long wait. Yeah. So, I mean, I could have done it better, but. Learn from yeah, well, you year. live and you learn, right? Next year, you know, twenty-three yeah. year old, you'll be, uh, you know, you'll be a lot smarter. And if you're gonna go to the bar, you're gonna go there at seven p.m. and sit night. And yep, yeah, and you can just post there. You just gotta post there. Send just tie the one on. Bring the anchor. Fucking wrap it around <laughs> the bar and just fucking tie it on. <laughs> Mace, I did want to ask, you know, about these. You said you went to these EDM concerts. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what what's what's the vibe there? I know girls are kind of in fishnets and, and highlighter colors. Uh, yeah. did, did the guys try to, you know, I've been to one or two myself, I think. But, uh, you know, do the guys, I've never really been to like a full festival. So are the guys also dressed in fishnets and you kind of get the cock out? Or is that, uh, <laughs> is that so only for the girls? So, I mean, like, this one was for Halloween, so most people are, like, dressed up in costumes. So, like, me and my roommates, we won as three three hands umbrellas, and we just walked around with that. But unlike different shows, like, 
I'll literally just go in like a t-shirt and throw on like a headband and some shades and that's it. Like I don't really put a whole lot into it. It's more like the girls that usually put a whole lot of work into it, but yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Nice visuals. I do have a girlfriend, but uh, at the same time, I don't mind what the girls end up wearing to those concerts. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. and um, I definitely don't look, but uh, I can imagine it could make some guys look, look for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, my my weekend was uh, pretty good. I went and uh, saw Chiswick on Friday, watched some baseball, just talked with him for a bit, and then Played pretty low Saturday, uh, went and cleaned up the warehouse, set it up for the Halloween party that we had, um, you know, dressed up as Cal Naughton Jr., a little shake and bake action. Um, the magic man, now you see me, now you don't. It was uh, it was a hell of a time. I mean, anytime, anytime you get to put on a costume and kind of, you know, you don't feel responsible for any of your actions, um, it's just a great it's going to be a great night because you're like, you know, this isn't Gage acting like this. This is actually Cal Naughton Jr. So <laughs> you kind of feel like, you know, if I did something really dumb, it'd be like, well, fuck it. It wasn't me. It was Cal Naughton Jr. <laughs> I was in the haircut. So I saw, you know, I, was, I, saw, I saw some of the pictures. Some of those guys were dressed up nicely over there. Yeah. Some guys showed out. It was, uh, yeah, I was, I was, I was pleased with the effort that was put in from some people, you know, I've I've half-assed Halloween costumes before and the whole night, like, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I feel like a loser. Like, why don't I put some effort in? Um, so this year I made sure to get a full costume. I felt good about myself the whole night. You know, I'm kind of judging other costumes. All right, well, mine's better than that, you know. Fucking, I got them beat probably in the top five percentile here. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I had an unreal weekend, and then we watched a Sue and uh didn't turn out real well. And then we watched uh, – we even had the Jake Paul fight on with Anderson Silva. Um, also didn't watch much of that. But, uh, yeah, it was a great time. And then, you know, Sunday, obviously dedicated to football. Big Vikes win there, 6-1, and one, not a big deal. I still don't know how I feel about them as a team, but uh, Thank you. Thank fuck, you man, that, that. the new tight end, Hawkinson coming in, I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good. I'll take six and one any day. They don't ask how. Our our That's offense cool. our offense is going to be great. Our defense is a bit shady at times. That's all I'm going to say. For right. sure. B- Buffalo comes in in two weeks. We'll see how we do. <laughs> good, good place <laughs> yeah. to gauge. That uh, yeah, we'll have the Buffalo Cowboys gauntlet. We'll see if they're uh, if the Vikings are a fraud or not during those weeks. Yeah. Um, well, let's move on to the fun stuff here. Brought to you guys by Butter Golf. And let's get into our predictions. Um, I know last week I was uh, three and one, not a big deal. Lost out on that North Dakota call to go four and one on the weekend, but uh, that's okay. You know, you win some, you lose some. That was a good week for me. I honestly don't know how you guys did. I was just paying attention to my weeks, but uh, I think I was one and three. It wasn't great. It was a tough, it was a tough one, but I, I got, I got pretty lucky. I think let's, Let's get into the first one we're going to do this week. St. Cloud at Denver, a little NCHC action. Um, what is this? One and, I mean, it's like two and three in the nation. Pretty pretty high-profile series here. Does anyone want to start us off? It is at Denver, so keep that in mind. Keener, you want to, you want to jump in? You want to hit your prediction first? Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go with uh, Denver, honestly. I think at home, you said, so 
I have a couple of buddies that are that are still there at Denver, so I'd like to see them do well. But yeah, I'm not a huge St. Cloud fan, so I'll take Denver. Okay, Denver on, Denver on a sweep. Yeah, uh, I'll go win on Friday night overtime game. I don't know who wins on Saturday night. All right. Oh, like a winning tie. There like it that. is. Fucking right. I like that. Uh, yeah, all right. I'm not I'll giving him the sweep, but I'll give him the split. Okay. Yeah, I, like I like that. that. Um, I'll go. Uh, I've been on Denver. I've been on Denver all year, and they fuck me every time. So I'm going to go Denver sweep at home. They'll split for sure, though. But I'm going Denver sweep at home. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to take the easy one here, and I'm going to take a split. Um, I think Friday – I think Saturday, St. Cloud's going to win Friday. Squeak went out. Denver ain't losing two in a row at home. I'm going to get the split. And then I'm going to go split as well. Uh, St. Cloud's kind of hot, so I think they might make some noise in Denver. Nope. Denver sweeps. Let's go. Suck it, boys. All you guys get a loss there. Eat that. <laughs> All right, all right. I'm going to go, okay, next one. We're going UMass versus Providence, home and home. UMass is rolling right now. I'm going to say UMass sweep. Um, I don't really know anything about Providence, so I'll take UMass. You're always pretty good. That's fair. I'm I'm going to go split on this one, uh, even though UMass will definitely sweep. I just want to be different, so I'm going to go split. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go split as well. They're both gonna win at home. I like that safe play, pussy. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go UMass win and then tie in Providence. Wow, ballsy! I love this. This is a good is. segment so far. All right, this next one just a one game shot. Two rivals: Harvard versus Yale. Harvard. Wow, Harvard? easy. I'm I don't. Have, I don't remember the last time Yale was really any good. I think. Yeah. And is it? It's at Yale. Gosh. I don't know. I, yeah, I, I, think, I don't think. I don't think it matters. I'm. I'm going to go with Harvard as yeah. well. Saturday night, Yale at Harvard. Yeah. At Harvard, yeah. I'm going Harvard. All right, I'm going to go Yale. Yale's going to win on the road. They're going to be so pumped, those fucking smart pricks. <laughs> uh, fucking worst. They're the best hockey players. They're the smart fuckers. <laughs> I'm going Harvard, too. They're rolling right now. All right, all right. I'll be the black sheep here. And uh, the final series, Ferris State at Bemidji. Under. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Bemidji, but yeah, definitely low scoring, couple games. <laughs> yeah. I'll um, go. Uh, I'm actually gonna go two ties, zero zero, both nights. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's sick. I'm going. I'm going to split one zero both nights. Somebody has to. <laughs> I'm going to split one zero. <laughs> I'm going Bemidji sweep. I like that Bemidji's. Bemidji's always that team that just fucking battles and battles and battles. Under, I wonder what the over under there is. Two and a half. I bet you it is. Two o, two o, 
Oh, it's got to be two and a half. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're thinking someone's going to win the game either two to one or two nothing with an empty net or one nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. That, that brings a conclusion to our predictions. Let's move on to the next one here. Nail gun of the week. Um, and like I said, I kind of jumped the gun last weekend. Our last week's episode, we planned on having Dylan, the guy who threw the stick back on the ice, the Mariucci on. Um, we couldn't get him last week, but we did get him this week. So he will be the main point of attraction of this nail gun of the week at the end of this. But does anyone have any different ones for the week that they'd like to share? I got a, I guess this is like a little cliche, but I, I think you have to put the Sioux fans that went to Vegas this week. Yeah. I don't know how bad they must feel right now. I'd say, you know, the game lost, but I'd say more of the bodies. They can't be feeling good after those five days in Vegas. So the bodies or the wall of taking just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like your pockets are empty and just definitely so hung. So I'm going to go with uh, Sioux fans. I like that. <laughs> I like that call. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually, I was rattled when I wasn't there. Like, I was like, "Fuck, I'm missing out on so much fun." But then once the weekend ended, I was like, "Thank God I didn't go." Holy shit, I'd yeah. still be feeling. I wouldn't have been able to do this episode today. I would have had to push it back to like Friday, probably. I've, yeah. I've never, I've never been to Vegas. Have you guys been to Vegas? Yeah. I, I wouldn't make it back. I don't believe I'd make it back. It's 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 not even real life. You don't even know like what time of day it is. It's it's nuts. Yeah. yeah, we played there my freshman year, and it was just ridiculous. Yeah, I can imagine. Probably probably sick though. That was uh, Keener. That was the old uh, Colton Pullman power play goal against the Gophers, wasn't it? That was fucking yeah. nasty. Yeah, uh, he had two, I think. Two power play goals against the Gophers. Oh, that was nasty. Yeah. Okay. Does uh, anyone else does anyone else have a nail gun of the week? Mace does before you rifle off your 17. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one. Um, so on Saturday, uh, I was pretty drunk. It was about one in the morning, and I live right on Lindale in Uptown. So I see a ton of crashes right outside of my house all the time. So I see like a three car, just fender bender, whatever. It's kind of usual. And then I'm going to bed, it's like three in the morning, and I look at my window, there's some dude just sweeping the street at 4 a.m. Just by himself. He's, he has a flashlight, and that's it. I have a video of it, I'll send in the chat, but this guy was just by himself sweeping the street at 4 a.m. on Halloween night. I Good mean, Samaritan. What a fucking yeah. guy. Keeping the streets me? safe. Fucking right. That's unreal. We need yeah, more so of that shit. Him on. Love that. I wish Good people shout me out when I do that. I'm doing that every night almost, and no one fucking says a thing. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> oh, no, no one sees me. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, Mesa. I like that. Um, I actually only have one on top of the on top of Dylan for this week. Mine is uh, he's a NASCAR driver, Ross Chastain. His name is. And uh, I don't know if people saw the video, but he, you know, he's doing this interview after. So he's, they're like, what were you thinking, Ross? So he basically drives his car. He, 
he takes his hand off the steering wheel and just drives along the outside of the track and just lets the track like steer him through the finish line. And he ended up, he ended up just flooring his car along the track and going around the turns, just using the like outside of the track to turn him. And he ends up like, he ends up finishing the race like 10 spots ahead because he did that. So he, so he actually bumped it into the fifth gear of the car, which is never, ever used. Like it's never used. It's just there. He bumps it into the fifth, the fifth gear of the car and just fucking floors it. And he's saying this, on his, he's saying this on his interview. They're like, what were you thinking there? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. I used to play uh, NASCAR 2005 on GameCube back in the day. And that's, that's the way we used to like win the race if we were down. So I, I just talked to my team. I'm like, you know, where do I need to get to here? And they're like, you got to go. And he's like, all right, I'm fucking trying it. And it worked. It's just unbelievable. I was seeing commentary on this thing about like people who know NASCAR and they're like, this is the most epic drive anyone has ever had in their lives. Like it's the most crazy thing anyone's ever done. So that's, that's unreal. That's like the, didn't somebody submit a college uh, head coaching like resume saying like his top 10 plays he used to call on Madden. Oh <laughs> yeah. I saw <laughs> sent his resume in. no yeah i got a good playbook always works four verticals four verticals with the tight end slant oh god you gotta make sure you got uh gronk antonio brown odell beckham on the team (laughs) (laughs) oh god all right well, that's good for the nail gun. Let's uh, now let's hear from the real nail gun of last week, Dylan Wollenhouse. And I'd like to welcome on a very special guest to the Hasbens here, Dylan Wollenhouse, the famous legend that happened to throw the stick back on the ice of Mariucci. Dylan, thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate having you on. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I don't know if I famous legend. I don't know if that's if that's how it is, but I I like the intro, man. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, we'll get straight to the point here, and then we'll talk about you know kind of who you are and how you got to where you are. But uh, yeah. you know, when that stick goes over the goes over the glass during the game, and you happen to get it, you know what are I mean? You had to have you had to have paused for a second, like. I'm going to keep this thing. It's a pretty cool souvenir. But then, you know, what made you toss it back on the ice? Honestly, I was like, I'm not walking out of here with this thing because I, you know, it was a gopher player. And being a student there and just going to all the games, I was like, I can't, like, I can't walk out of here with with this. And we're down two to nothing. And, like, it was that like split second thought and then of being like, I'm just going to toss it back. Like it was like 30 seconds. So it was more <laughs> just like not thinking, but being like, I, this, what, this is ridiculous. Like I can't, I can't keep this stick. <laughs> <laughs> That's all time. I mean, did you get any, you know, were, were there some pissed off fans around you? Like, I mean, I can imagine some gopher fans like, Hey, what the hell is going on here, man? I, I would love that whole thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. There was, yeah, there was a couple uh, sitting behind me that they were gopher fans. And, and when I looked at the, like when I looked at the 
uh, the video after I threw the stick that the guy behind me was like hitting me on the shoulder. And I, and he, and afterwards he was like, what the fuck, man? He was just like, <laughs> I can't believe you threw that. And I was like, Oh, sorry. You know, like, <laughs> I, sorry about it. Um, and then, yeah, there was like a guy that walked up over to my seat and he was like, you know how many people would have liked to keep that stick? I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm, I get it after the fact, but it was just like, for the most part, people were pretty cool about it. But yeah, like yeah. after the fact, I realized like, oh, it would have been great yeah. for a kid. <laughs> I mean, that's epic. You probably don't even realize in the time, like that moment right there that just happened that you were the main, you know, main point of attraction. That that story's going to live on for, you know, as long as we're alive now, you know, like that Sue Gopher rivalry, that series has certain stories that live on that have happened so long ago that are still around today and still relevant. And, yeah. you know, what, what you did by throwing the stick back on the ice, I mean, and, and, you know, how the game was going at the time and then how it turned out right after you threw it back on. I mean, it completely changed the game. Yeah. Um, that'll just be something that'll never ever go away until, you know, forever. I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, are you, you know, did that ever settle in? Like, holy shit, I was just a part of one of the biggest moments in the rivalry that we've seen. Honestly, at the moment, no. My, like, after I threw it, my girlfriend was like, oh, that's going to be on Barstool right away. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. And sure enough, like, you know, kind of it was. And um, I I did not at all expect the game to turn around like that. I just was like in the moment, kind of pissed off, like two to nothing. I'm like, come on, you know, like throwing your stick in the stands, like ridiculous. (laughs) So um, but then when we came back, it was just like walking out of the arena and the fans were just the gopher fans were just like upset. I was just like, I was so pumped, you know, like the, oh, everybody yeah. was in the arena. Oh yeah. That was, it was incredible. And I, I remember we talked about it on the last episode, um, you know, the emotions after it happened, I was just saying after, you know, and you had asked, you know, what do the players think of that celebration guy yeah. throws a stick in the stands, you know, is that cool? What do you guys think? And I was sitting there thinking like, that is fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> And I'm just sitting there like, God, that's we are so screwed now. I mean, they're going to bury us. And yeah. I was thinking that. And I remember they scored. And he throws in the stands. And I'm rattling them like, holy shit, this is going to be an ass pounding. And all of a sudden, I look out of my corner of my eye, and I see the stick go back onto the ice. And I'm like, go fucking away. Let's go. Someone threw it back. That's unbelievable. And, that's awesome. Yeah, it was just uh, – I don't know. I mean, that was one of my favorite moments I've seen um, attending a sporting event like that. It was just incredible. And the way the game turned out, obviously, nice being a North Dakota fan there. But uh, just yeah. very thankful you did that and threw it back because that was just legendary. So, all right. So I'm curious, as a player, I mean, it's the second period and you do that. I've heard, like, my friends are being like, you know, if it was an overtime goal to end the game, I see it. But, like, do you think that it it's still like a yeah, bad no, celebration I, or just I don't I think I think the risk you know you always look at whatever you do especially your celebrations um you really gotta you really gotta weigh the risk and reward factors there you know like you know should I jersey pop in front of their bench uh in the first yeah. period no because that might fire them up a little bit should yeah. I do it in the third with a minute left hell yeah I should 
Um, so yeah, it was a little early and I think the reward was massive, right? For him, if they would have won that game, it would have been the best celebration of the year. Um, and obviously the risk was also um, detrimental to them losing that game, turning it around. And now it goes from being the best celebration of the year to probably the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm happy to play a part in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I completely, you know, gave the game to you, you know, if you weren't sitting there, I don't know if you and you would have won that game. So, you know, you can take home a win against the Gophers. Um, that's something you should you maybe hang up on your wall and tell the kids about someday. <laughs> I will take it. I will take it. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, like I, I was telling a friend of mine too, like hundreds of sporting sporting events I've been to and I've never caught anything like not even a free t-shirt, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and that just like <laughs> bounces into my lap. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. So I guess yeah. we'll move past. I mean, how do you, how do you find yourself at this game? You obviously, you know, you said you grew up in Buffalo, Minnesota, and then you ended up going to North Dakota for yep. college. Um, what what made you decide to go up to North Dakota for college? Yeah, so I um, so I actually went to, uh, which is now the University of Jamestown in North Dakota my freshman year. I got a, actually got a track scholarship there, and then I ran track for a year and then transferred to UND uh, and quite honestly, like what brought me to UND was I went to a hockey game weekend with a friend of mine and I was just like, this is, this atmosphere is awesome. Like college sports is like, this is what it's supposed to be. So, um, so yeah, so I transferred to UND and then went there and graduated. Um, and then, uh, yeah, moved out to the Pacific Northwest for a while and then, um, came back to, came back to Minnesota, living in Minneapolis. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, so when you re re a hockey fan before you went to college, um, did you, you kind of watch the game growing up? I mean, I can imagine you did growing up in Minnesota, especially around the cities area. Yeah. I mean, I, I, so I played hockey for a couple of years in high school and then, um, played one year, like on a club team at UND, um, which is, you know, basically just kind of like a beer league, but yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so we did that. And then, uh, I, you know, I kind of grew up a Gophers fan because um, it's like that was the the team. Sure. And then but I always liked the fight, like the fighting Sioux and the logo and the green. And and yeah. and then it wasn't until like I actually went to school there. I was like, oh, this is, this is a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah. I can't I. I can't disagree there. It's it's, you know, fan of the game or not. If you go see a game played at the Ralph Engelstead. It's uh it's tough to leave not a fan of the game after that. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, I mean, were was that did you go to the Friday game as well or did you just had the Saturday game Saturday game planned? Yeah, just the so we just went to the Saturday game. Um so it I mean, it worked out pretty good. We had like you a group. You picked the right of, night. Yeah. Yeah, we had a group of like 20, 30 of us in town for a friends another uh UND friends wedding on Friday night. And so we were all just like, well, it happens to be the go for Sue, you know, weekend. Um, So let's go to the game. And so there were probably like 25, 30 of us in the group that were all there, but we weren't all sitting together. So there was like two of us in the row, (laughs) my row. So what's, what is there like a little group chat of you guys going or, I mean, what's the thoughts of the friends after the game? Like what's your feedback from all the people you knew that knew you chucked the stick back on the ice? 
Oh, well, like typical friend stuff, like friends like, oh, look at this idiot, you know, and then (laughs) me, you're like, oh, what an asshole throws a stick on the ice. And it's it's like friends keeping you humble, right? For sure. (laughs) Like not being like, oh, this is so awesome. But yeah, we had a couple of group text messages going back and forth and just being like, I can't believe that, you know, we, we won the game and you threw the stick back and, and, um, but yeah, it's been it's been kind of a fun week just to like hear from people that I haven't heard from in a long time. Oh, and, for sure. And uh, yeah, like people sending me emails from Grand Forks and being yeah. like, oh, we were at Buffalo Wild Wings in Fargo and watching the game and it was awesome. So, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I had I, uh, I was thinking um, I can't remember. Mace, was it your idea to have him on? And I'm like, oh, my God, that's such a great idea. And then I thought like holy shit this guy's got to be getting so many calls and like texts from random people and people ask them like hey can you can you answer some questions or can you do this and i mean shit i, I don't know i might even use you for like a commercial like just like trying to sell a brand and you're just in the mariucci like toss it back it's so good yeah i'd love to it's i mean it's funny like all these people are just like tweeting me messages like oh you should get this guy to go to Vegas and drop the puck, which I didn't go to Vegas and know the team <laughs> yeah. hasn't called to send me there. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's just fun. Cause I mean, living down here in Minneapolis, I feel like not a lot of people, I mean, not a lot of people care about it here, but like up in North Dakota, it's like, everybody's kind of talking about it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. A little smaller, a little smaller area up there the uh the hockey talk goes a lot a lot further up there than it does down here that's for sure but um no well dylan thanks for thanks for coming on man it's been a this has been awesome getting you on and asking you these questions just uh and again thank you for chucking that stick back on the ice because that was the game changer 100 i uh, yeah no it was it was awesome i do you think uh, i mean like as a player like if somebody does that something like that like do you notice or are you just like totally in the game oh you notice 100 percent. and last week we had last week we had on reese gaber he played us on the north dakota team and we asked him about it and he's like yo the boys are on the bench like guy doesn't do that stick him on the ice like let's fucking go and that he i mean he admitted too like that was the turning point so that's yeah, awesome. you for sure. You for sure notice that shit. hundred percent. The, uh, the fans have a much bigger factor than you'd think in, in the outcome of hockey games and especially uh, probably all sporting events. So, yeah, that's cool. And I, yeah, cannot let the Gophers win. We've been on the bad end of some games, so it's like, oh, for sure. Yeah, anything you can do. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. And, uh, thanks for coming on again. And, uh, Wish you a great uh, winter, Bray, or winter here, and uh, let's go, Sue. Awesome. Go, Sue. Thanks, Gage. Awesome. Thank you. Great to hear from Dylan, by the way. I mean, epic story. What a legend that guy is. Tossing the stick back on the ice. Just incredible stuff. I mean, I can't – I mean, I don't even know. Like, I'm such a big Sue fan. I don't even know if I would have thrown the stick back. Like, I would have maybe, like, kept it and been like, this is kind of fucking cool. But he just <laughs> ripped it back on the ice. Like unbelievable stuff, and also I don't know if you heard, but he's he went there with like a group of thirty people too, and none of them sat next to each other. They all had like different seats. So at the end of the game, obviously everyone's like, just like that's nuts. Like you threw it back. <laughs> Legend, legendary within his own group. That's sick. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Well, um, let's move on to the last one of the fun stuff here. I wanted to do Mount Rushmore of Halloween costumes. Um, it can be anything you want. Let's just go down the list. Let's do another snake draft. It can be like a theme or a certain character or really anything. I mean, you could choose whatever you want. So, um, Mace, do you want to start us off the first pick and then I'll go second, teen or third, also get the fourth and fifth, and then we'll go back that way? Okay. All right, so I don't know if you're talking about, like, costumes that we wore growing up or, like, costumes now. So I'm first pick, I'm going Darth Vader. I oh, yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> it's it's what it's whatever you want to make it, Mace. It doesn't matter if it you've I, worn it, somebody else would worn it. Honestly, I, honestly, I think Darth Vader plays back in the day, and it still plays. Yeah. Oh yeah. Throwing a mask on, grabbing a lightsaber, maybe whacking a few people throughout the night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best part about the costume too is like, I mean, that's who you are for the night. So you, you're kind of in character. Like if you're Darth Vader, like walking up to people, like. you're an idiot <laughs> um okay i'll go next here i saw this one i saw this one on twitter again absolutely hilarious these people these people it was a group costume so like some of them had um real cameras with like flashes on them and then the other guys in the group were dressed up as like security like paparazzi security so they'd go up to like a random person dressed in a costume and the cameras would start taking pictures of them and then the security guys would hop in and been like no pictures no pictures tonight please sorry sorry <laughs> and the pictures just turned out epic <laughs> it's so good keener what do you got um okay well i'm gonna go for this one i was in fargo and it was like all the kids were dressed up and Halloween costumes and I think those ones that are like inflatable that looks like it's like an alien like carrying the person or like uh yeah, like yeah. could be like you ride are, a horse too or something. Yeah. Those <laughs> ones are always funny. I don't care, you know, what it is, those are always hilarious. So I think that's number one for me. <laughs> I like that. I'm going with uh I'm going with the Joker as my one seed. Uh I just feel like that's all time. Um Two spot, I'm going to go with, uh, oh, God, this is tough. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I'm going to go with a, a bunny suit just because I was a bunny in college, a onesie. But um, <laughs> gir- girls wearing a nice bunny suit, um, you know, it's, it can play both both uh, sexes. So I'm going to go with a bunny as my two spot. Okay. Yeah. All right, I like That's it. Not a bad one. I think okay, my second one, I'd say uh, – I was Austin Powers last year, or I guess my last year at school. Uh, I think that's a classic. Anyone that wears that is pretty hilarious. I think, yeah, so. yeah, that's a good call right there. Austin Powers is always hilarious, especially if you if you got a if you got a chick with going with you or something. She can dress up as one of the smokes on the show. It's it's always good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, I think my second one. I'm gonna my second one. 
it's going to be a group theme one, but I love when whenever you see the trailer park boys out there, you know, you got Bubbles, you got, nice. Rick, you got Bubbles, Rick, Julian, Leahy, and Randy. I mean, if you got those five buzzing around out there, always fucking funny. Especially if they pull it off, like they look good and they're acting yeah. like them. That shit's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. For my number two pick, um, I actually saw this this weekend. Um, do you guys know what the app Be Real is? Have you ever heard yeah, of that? Yeah. 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 So for the people who don't know, you basically take a picture once a day at a random time, and it takes a picture on your front camera and back camera. And some dude showed up to the bar wearing a mirror and then had like a selfie attached to the mirror and he was a b-real so i gotta throw that because that was pretty damn creative but it's pretty good yeah is this is this a new app i'm not up to the is it oh, is this, this, is, a... this is the new kid app um that my girlfriend that's still in college even has i mean it's like it's just embarrassing <laughs> so, so you don't have it no no it, okay. It's kind of cool, though. It is kind of cool, though, because, you know, like, instead of Instagram where you just take one side, it's, like, on the top left, it's your – or you can switch back and forth which one's, like, bigger and which one's smaller. You can and, get somebody in trouble with that, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, you could get pretty creative. if I, I think, like, you know you're taking a picture of yourself. It's, like, half the time if I'm taking, taking like, pictures on Instagram, like, one of the sides does not look – I don't want one of those sides out there. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I don't really have it, and uh, I believe you have to post like what once a day. You have to post to even look at other people's posts. Yeah, you have to post to look at other people's posts, and then it'll be at like a random time during the day. So like for me, since I'm out of college and working now, ninety percent of mine are just me at my laptop just working. But for the people in college, it's kind of fun to see, but. That's funny. I like that. All right, mate, what's your three spot? Uh, For my three spot, uh, I'm going to go with the Hanson Brothers, especially if you're living in Minnesota. Like, pretty much anyone on the street is going to recognize who you are. It's a pretty fun costume to wear, so I got to throw that one on there. I I like that. that. Um, My third one is going to be – this is very specific, and I saw it this year, and I laughed my ass off – um, Kevin Hart dressed up as Tyrion Lannister <laughs> from Game of Thrones. <laughs> and, uh, for the people who aren't Game of Thrones fans, Tyrion Lannister is a midget, and Kevin Hart. I don't also- know. I don't know if you can say midget nowadays. You might get canceled. He's a small person. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Sure. I don't. Know. I'm just making a joke. I love that guy. I mean, Tyrion, he's a dwarf, midget, small person, whatever. Um, what do they call him? What do they call him on Game of Thrones? A dwarf? Um, an imp, I think. An imp. Yeah, he's an imp. There you go. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was just so funny. Fucking Kevin Hart as <laughs> Tyrion Master. That's well done. <laughs> okay, my, my third one. Uh, it's actually, I don't know if it was just because it was Gabe that was dressed up as him, but uh, Patches of Hulahan. Oh, my God. Dodgeball. His oh was unreal. He had, like, the gray, the gray wig and everything, and then uh, there was, like, five or six guys that were all wearing dodgeball costumes and stuff, and it was pretty good. I think Gabe just made it even better because he was 
so gone, it's so gone during the party. It just it was perfect for him. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Dwight Schrute. Um, Matt Kierstad had an unbelievable Dwight Schrute outfit uh, my senior year. Um, I saw one again uh, at my company Halloween party. Dwight Schrute is just a hilarious character, and I I fucking love that show to death. So I'm going Dwight in my three spot. And then my four spot, I think I'm just going to go um, a minion. A minion onesie <laughs> is fucking hilarious. I love those little things. Uh, I was that in Orlando. We were the only people dressed up at this nightclub, and I was a minion, minion dancing on on the dance floor by myself in a minion suit. It was fucking hilarious. So that's my four spot. Um. Okay. I guess my last one. Another shout out to Kears. Uh I was also this last year, but Rex from uh, Napoleon yeah, Dynamite, hundred percent, uh, with the American flag pants and the golf shirt. I think that's perfect. And a lot of people don't even know who it is, so you get you get to use the lines like every five minutes. You get to use the you know bow to your sensei, bow to your sensei. That's a, that's my favorite one. I think. Think you want to take a roundhouse kick? To the face and these bad boys. I wear these bad Get boys. <laughs> he's got look at these guys. <laughs> yeah. Think about it. <laughs> Might have to throw them back on. <laughs> That's so good. Um, yeah, I, I had a lot. Of, I have. I had a lot for my fourth spot. Um, I saw one where a kid was dressed kind of what Keener was getting at. Kid was dressed and he had like a thing coming off the top of his back and it looked it was like an alien and had his like arms wrapped around his head and then he was like trying to escape. Yeah. Pretty pretty good there. Um Pooji RV, did you see his? He's uh Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Nemo with the kid cool. holding up the bag of the the goldfish bag all time. That really? was hilarious. Oh my god. Yeah. But I had I actually had my actual fourth one. Um and Ol said uh an office reference on um Dwight Schrute. But I was actually gonna go with three hole punch Jim. Yeah. Um, you just <laughs> you just put three three circles on your body and your three hole punch. Like all time work costume, you like costumes are obviously different for every occasion. Um, now you, you kind of go all out if you're going to the bar, but if you, if you got to dress up going to work, the three hole punch is just fucking perfect. Yeah. Classic. Uh, for my last pick, uh, I'm going to go with cowboy just cause I mean, throwing some boots, throwing a nice belt buckle hat doesn't hurt. Looks pretty good. I mean, worst comes to worst, you can get a whip and be Indiana Jones, but <laughs> Love it. Oh, Indiana Jones always plays. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, good costumes, guys. I like it. Now let's uh, let's move on to Keener's career here. Um, like I said, he's a Winnipeg boy from Manitoba. Um, Dad was in the NHL for a while. So we usually, Keener, we usually ask, you know, why would you get into hockey? Why would you want to play? Um it's probably pretty obvious for you, 
you know, you've got a, you've got a legendary dad. So, I mean, Keener, what was that like growing up? Like, you know, did you have any choice but to play hockey with, with your dad being who he is? Um, no, honestly, I, well, I don't think it was ever really like a question. It was just kind of, you know, ever since I was little, I had a stick in my hand kind of thing and going to the rink and watching them play and all that. So, um, yeah, it was just kind of what I grew up with. It wasn't really a, a question for me. For sure. And I mean, I can imagine you probably spent a ton of time around the rinks growing up as a kid. Um, I mean, did you, did, were you a fan of, does that burn you out on hockey at all? Being at the rink so much, does it kind of motivate you? I mean, what's that like? Well, I, I think when I was younger, I like, you know, you always want to go, obviously after like every game my dad was playing, I always wanted to go down there and go to the locker room after the game and all that stuff. And, um, he played until I was like third, 12 or 13. So I got to still go watch him. when I was like a little bit older and understanding, um, more of like what's going on. Um, I don't think it, it, it did motivate me. It didn't really, uh, you know, it, it gets a lot, you know, you play all year, but, um, you know, that was always kind of like what I looked forward to is going down and, seeing all the guys and, and all that kind of thing after when he was playing. So, yeah, it was cool. When when did it kind of click into your brain, like, holy shit, my dad's kind of, like, really fucking good at hockey? Oh, it, to be completely honest, like, I, it didn't really kick in until, like, I kind of moved away and, he, like, he stopped playing and you start running into people that he played with and, like, um, I don't know, just former teammates and all that kind of stuff. Like, they're telling stories about him and, you know, it, you just it, – it's normal for me, it, it seems like, you know, at the time. But then after when he's done, it's, you know, kind of cool to look back and, you know, see how much uh, of an impact he actually had on, you know, like other guys and, and that sort of thing. So I think that was the coolest part. For sure. That that had to have been awesome. And I, I, I can imagine it's like this for everyone. I mean, when I was growing up, I, I thought my dad was like the coolest guy in the world. Um like you just you don't really know like what they do and who, who they've been and what they've done, but you're just like this is my dad. He's the coolest fucking guy in the world. So um, can't imagine what it would be like if my dad was an NHL hockey player. But um, let's move on to your. So you end up going on to play for the Winnipeg Blues in the MJ for a while there, um, and we asked the Canadian guys, you know. What are your what what's your plans going into the MJ playing for the Winnipeg Blues? You know, are are you hopeful to play in the WHL someday? Are you looking at colleges? What was the idea there? Uh well, my dad played in Bouchaw uh for three years. So growing up, like my mom's family's from Bouchaw and all my I have a bunch of cousins and family there. So I always personally wanted to play in the dub. Um until I was probably about you know, fourteen and fifteen when I started going on like visits down to to UND and I went to Bemidji I think and um ever since then it was just like yeah 100% I want to go to college well it was 100% I want to go play at North Dakota I don't really want to go anywhere else so it was kind of it was there's still kind of in the back of my mind like I was with Swift Current at the time so um I mean it's not a great place to to live like I mean it's it's a small town Saskatchewan so it's just uh For it's sure. tough but but and I was also undersized and I think for a lot of the undersized guys, college is, you know, the way that is, you know, more makes sense. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I, really, I really like honestly going into the MGA. I just wanted to, you know, to, I knew I was close to North Dakota and, you know, I just wanted them to come down and watch and that was kind of it. 
Were you, uh, you know, when you're growing up, were you a pretty good player, pretty high end, or were you still kind of catching your stride as you were getting a little older? Um, I, I was drafted, I think third, third or fourth round in the WHL. So I was, you know, I was kind of middle of the pack. I think I wasn't like a stud, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I was still putting up some pretty good points and stuff. So, um, I think when I was like 15, 16 is where I kind of started to be a little more successful offensively and stuff like that. So, um, I think like, before I, we you know, playing in the MJ, it's, it's a different league. It's a, it's an older league. Like you're allowed 20, or uh, eight 20 year olds so like when really? i was six when i was 16 like that's you know majority of the guys on my team were you know older guys like in college and or in university or whatever so um it was like it was a pretty good pretty good jump for me i think what's that what that what is that experience like you know like with with the ushl you get some some 16 year old kids but it's it's usually mostly um you know 17 18 19 you know the the older yeah side of that like what's it like playing with 20 year olds you know in your first second year of juniors like what what's your thought yeah. process it was yeah it was pretty weird honestly like I was still the reason really that I wanted to stay in Winnipeg was to go to like I had a I went to high school here like I had one to go to school with so I wanted to kind of stay close to home and and you know at the time being 16 was was a, a pretty good jump to play against you know like I said like you said 20 year olds all you know eight of them basically on every team but uh, yeah, it was, it was it was pretty weird, honestly. Like they were, you know, they you know when you're 16 and you're 17, those guys look like they're about 25. 30. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they're still 20 year old. They're still young kids. So, um, but you know, they were great. I had a great group of 20 year olds when I was 16, and we ended up winning the league that year. So, uh, I think it just made it a little better. For sure, and then. You obviously after Winnipeg, you go down to Sioux City in the USHL. Was that your first time kind of leaving home um, and playing hockey? Yeah, that was uh, when I was 18. So I stayed until I graduated. Um, I committed to North Dakota when I was 17. So the that next year, I I was actually going to come when I was 17. Also, I think you did you go to uh, Russia with the team or were you gone with then? Uh, I was gone. That was the year after I left. So that was my freshman year. Yeah. So I was going to go that year. Um, and I was sick all summer. So I just decided to stay home and, um, yeah, being in Sioux city was the first time I was living with like billets and, and all that stuff. So it was definitely a new experience, but I had unreal, unreal billets when I was there for the two years of the Van Royen family. So they actually have a kid playing now in the USHL in Des Moines. So it's pretty cool to go back and he was like, nice like eight years old at the time but he's like 18 now he's a good pretty good it's crazy seeing the the billet siblings growing up like you knew them as like these little kids and now they're like adults it's like yeah god damn it am i that old yeah (laughs) ridiculous (laughs) so what's that what's that first experience like you you leaving home and and you know you go shack up with this random family and you know, they get paid to, to feed you and house you, you know, like what, what is that experience when you show up day one? It was, yeah, it's, it's like, it's intimidating. Obviously you guys definitely probably both went through it and it's just, uh, it's different, but, uh, at the same time, like I was really excited to get down there. I hadn't, I wanted to play there for the last couple of years. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was what I wanted to do. So it wasn't a, a big deal. Like obviously it's a tough, uh, transition um you know having somebody else like cook all your meals and you're on their time instead of you know your mom and dad but 
um you know they were they were awesome and like i still like i still keep in contact with them today so i always thought it was just it was the weirdest part like the first month i was there i'd be so hungry at like 8 39 p.m <laughs> yeah. and i wanted to just dig through the fridge and i was just like fuck i can't just go in the kitchen and just start searching through the fridge like yeah i'd grab yeah, like i was always like grabbing like small amounts of stuff like try not to be disrespectful i'm like thinking in my head like fuck i'd like to eat a fuckload right now <laughs> yeah that's it that's exactly that like it's it, you don't want to go up there and you know go through the pantry while they're sitting there watching tv or whatever so it's just <laughs> but yeah it, it definitely makes you grow up real quick for sure um so i mean we talked about the transition in the billet house there what, did you notice any, you know, a huge jump from going from the MJ to the USHL and playing in Sioux City, or was that a pretty easy transition for you being 18 years old? Well, it was uh, – I think the only thing for me was just, um, you know, like learning of all the – like I, I didn't do a whole lot of like, you know, heavy systems and stuff in the MJ. It was mostly like just go out and, and play, like go, you know, enjoy it, be, be creative, that kind of thing. Um, when I got to city, it was a lot more structured and a lot more, you know, Jay Verity was my coach. Um, he's the Intel- man. Intelligent, intelligent fucker, that guy. Yeah. Where is he right now? Isn't he in the national or somewhere? He's, yeah. He's, he's, uh, in Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. So he was, he was pretty, you know, I won't say he's like a system orientated, but he just, uh, he just, you know, he, he wanted you to dial in on a lot of things like power play and stuff. I never really knew much about you know like finishing your route at the end of a power play it was just kind of like you know different yeah. things like so it was a little bit of adjustment that way but our team also was was awful that year like i think we lost like 21 of 23 or something to end the season like it was just kind of a train wreck so um it was a little tougher but then the next year like we were we were nasty the next year we lost in the Clark Cup finals and overtime in game five. Like it was like the furthest you could go without winning. So, but it was, uh, it was awesome. I like, I loved it. Yeah, it's awesome. And then, I mean, obviously, Sioux City's a great organization. Then you go to another great organization up in BC with the Penticton V. So, you know, what, what made you, you know, make that transition? Um, you got to imagine. UND and Freddie had something to do with that a little bit, um, just having that connection. But what was that? What was the reason uh, there? And, and, you know, how did it go? Well, so, like, when I was 17, I played with, uh, with like, Basti, uh, Josty, and those guys with uh, Canada mm-hmm. West, like the Junior A Challenge or whatever. And uh, they were, like, grilling me to try and come to Penticton the whole time. Like, come on, come. But I had to get traded at the time, so. Uh, when I went to Sioux City, my last year, it was kind of like agree with with Bubs and you know my dad and my agent and all that that I was going to go back for one more year junior and right away I just you know thought to give Freddie a call like I I always wanted to go there I'd never heard anything you know bad about playing for Penticton they're pretty high end so for sure. uh, it was kind of, yeah I think I think Bubs probably had a little bit of pull with that. Um, I actually had to get trade. I still had to get traded from the MJ because the Blues still had my rights. So my uncle, who was the coach at the time, had to trade me to Penticton, which was. <laughs> so, but, um, it was. I I loved it. Like it's it's such a like sneaky underrated place to play. I mean, it's not really underrated, but um, like you CJHL 
you know, doesn't really get that great of a rap just, you know, with the USHL and all that, but it was like, it was a good league. Like there's still tons of guys I played against in college and pretty much every single guy that was there was committed at the time. So um, I guess anyone that really wants to go there, like Pentec is a great spot. What was the, what was the biggest difference? We, we asked this quite a bit when you hop leagues and whatever, but what was the biggest difference you saw between the USHL and then that final year for you in the BC? I, th- I think like it's p- pretty similar. Uh, I'd say just, you know, like the high end, like the real high end guys in the USHL are a lot better than like the high end guys in the BCHL, if that makes sense. And then like kind of, they're just not teams just aren't as deep. Um, like you go play like for when I was in Sioux City, you go play Fargo and like those teams were like deep and heavy and like worked really hard. And then, you know, kind of like the lower end teams in um, the BC, like there was an, great um you know like the bottom six were a lot worse than like they would be in the ushl so yeah I think it was just you know just like the parity of the leagues just a little different but i had like you know i they penticton treated me just as well as like sioux city and ushl teams treat their team yeah. like you're, you're still getting everything like you know they're not very cheap like they pay for everything they had nice bus and all that stuff so yeah it was really cool it goes a long way. When you got nice travel for the team, it goes a fucking long way. Yeah. Got nice and like some, of, some, of the, some of those trips and some of those trips in the BC are tough, like going through uh through the mountains and like snowstorms in the middle of the night, going up the trail and you know, things like that. So it was we had a pretty nice bus and and uh you know, they they treated us well. So Keener, um, now obviously you you had your you had high expectations going into North Dakota, and and obviously you know we ask everyone this. You had your you had a vision of what it was going to be like. So when you step on campus in Grand Forks at the University of North Dakota, you know did it live up to your vision? Um, what was that like? You know your first days on campus, walking around, being a member of the pro, uh, being a member of the hockey team there, going to school. Um, walk us through, you know, what your thoughts were and what was that, what, what that was like? Um, fuck. Yeah, that's a good question. It was just, uh, it's really honestly hard to put into words. I think probably a lot of guys say that, but, um, it was a little bit different for me maybe than some other freshmen. Like I was 21, um, first of all, and then being from Winnipeg, I got to come down and, you know, see, like I knew Shazi and guards and, like the senior class that were there, I knew them before basically I was coming in. So it was a little bit easier, I think, of a transition for me than it would have been for like an 18-year-old freshman. But um, it, uh, it was like the the best experience of, you know, my life. My freshman year was so nice. Like it was – and it was different too because I – my other two years that I had was uh, COVID. We didn't get to play the playoffs. And then my senior year, we only got – 3,000 fans or whatever it was. So I didn't really get to experience the whole hockey Sioux fan part of it. But, um, yeah, it was it was unbelievable. It was, uh, you know, it was from day one, it was just exactly what I was hoping it would be. Yeah, that I mean, you mentioned the COVID season. Like, I always felt bad for the college athletes. I mean, all athletes out there during the COVID. Um, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Like, you guys kind of had it harder than anyone else. You're, you're kind of – no questions asked the number one team in the country that year and kind of cut short. I mean, how do you guys deal with that? And then, you know, somehow try to come back for the next year and recreate it. Well, it was just, 
I felt the worst I felt was obviously for Pooley and, you know, Pesky and, and the seniors that weren't even going to get a chance to go at it. Um, like you said, we were like, that was one of the best teams that was at North Dakota in a while. And, I mean, statistically, probably not in other, but um, it was so, yeah, it was so tough. It was, it was almost worse because you didn't know if it was going to be done. Like it was like, okay, this game's canceled. And then we're kind of waiting. It'll be all oh, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, and then it just you know went went longer and longer. And I I went home. I went back to Winnipeg. I wasn't even done school yet. Um, and that's kind of when it sets in. Like okay, I'm, you're not going to be playing again this year. So it was tough. I, I really just felt so bad for the senior guys. It was such a tough way to end your career. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like they'd probably even rather have lost a game and just you know be done instead of wondering what could so well then you know right you you know then there's a there's an ending you know it's otherwise it's just it's just a thought in your mind like what if or what if that would have happened it just that eats away at people's minds and of course it would um i i'd fucking hate that yeah definitely like if we we were we were honestly i was talking to to wilkes because we were playing uh colorado college uh, first round of playoffs and Wilkes was texting us like, Hey, do you think we're going to play? And we were all like, yeah, definitely. And then he texted us, said that their uh, bus turned around. And that's kind of when I think we all were like, Oh shit, this might be, uh, be for real. Fuck man. That's, it pisses me off so bad <laughs> hearing that. Like yeah. that sucks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess everyone had to deal with it. Um, I don't even know how I would have dealt with it. I would have been so riled. Like, how often were you guys getting tested? Was it like once a week? Like, I mean, uh, how much extra shit did you guys have to do at the rink and all the extra bullshit um, just to keep playing throughout the season? Yeah, we had to. So, like in the summer, um, I really we used to go to like the high performance center, uh, like where the football, all that stuff, and we'd have to wait in line and get tested. I think it was once, yeah, maybe once a week or so. And then uh, kind of later on, we had the we did the bubble uh, in Omaha. So that was like you get tested, I think, pretty much every day unless you unless you had already had it or some rule. There was all these different shit yeah. that nobody really knew what was going on. But um, yeah, we got to play in that bubble, and that was that was unreal. Actually, it was like it was like a month of just playing games, and that's what everyone wants to do, obviously. And we were like one of the only people or teams playing at the time or conference or whatever. So, um, yeah, it was sick. We got a hotel. Everyone got their own hotel room for, for a month or so. And you know, all the boys are just playing Xbox and hanging out. And, yeah. So it, was just, it was like, it felt like you're honestly at like, you know, like a minor hockey tournament. Um, yeah. <laughs> like 30 college guys. So it was, yeah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Uh, you really want to be an Xbox player in those moments. Um, I would have been absolutely screwed because I don't really play Xbox much. I would, I would, you bet your ass I would have tried to pick it up, though, 100%. Yeah, uh, I think there was me, me Kearse, uh, Sheeler, and, and Guards had an NHL team that we were uh, – yeah, I don't know. Guards wasn't doing much, so we were just playing pretty much all day. It was five. <laughs> That's unreal. Was that during uh, the Fortnite times, too? uh yeah it was a bit of like i think a fortnight downtime it wasn't as big so we were were just doing nhl every night i think a lot of guys were playing cod 
Yeah, I'm not. Uh, can't say I'm jealous about that. I mean, that sounds uh, that's so fucked up what happened to you guys. But uh, we'll move on past that. Keener, you you end up coming t- coming to a close with your career at North Dakota. Um, you end up playing. You end up going to Orlando, correct? Yeah. Now, Old Snow's a great Orlando is. You know, what were your thoughts there? And and when you get your first taste of East Coast Hockey League um, action. Now, what are your thoughts coming out of North Dakota and hopping right into the fucking coast? Yeah, well, so I went to I went to Wheeling for a few months after my senior year, and that was just kind of like a I guess a wake up call, kind of what pro is like. Um, but then, obviously, next the next year I went to Orlando, so it's a bit of a you know a culture shock from being a Wheeling going to going to Orlando. It's a bit of a two different uh, organizations that are just kind of different spots on the spectrum. So I, I loved Orlando, honestly, like it was, it was so fun. Like, you know, hockey almost seemed like the second, you know, to just living <laughs> yeah. in Orlando. It wasn't even, it was like, okay, when I'm done practice, like, fuck, I'm going to go sit at the pool all day. So it was, but it was, it was awesome. Like it, it, they treat you really well. Um, you know, also could obviously attest to it. Like, like Dex and the training staff and like they, they treat you like, you know, as, as best as they can. And, um, like we didn't touch our bags basically anywhere, like going on the road. That's kind of unheard of for a lot of coast teams and probably even America. So it was fun. It was, it was, uh, definitely a bit of, like I said, a culture shock, but it was awesome. Yeah. It's a little different. It's a little different hopping off the uh, hopping off the private jet uh, and onto the coach bus, driving yeah. about thirteen hours away. Yeah, absolutely. Driving up to Greenville, the Swamp Rabbits, and you're playing against Howie and the boys. Good fuck. <laughs> yeah, we, he was in uh, he was in Jacksonville, so we played them every game. It felt like. Yeah, it sounds about right. Soft. The guy's He's soft. A- eh? Oh. He's, a, he's a maniac that guy. Terrible. And now I just see every video I see of that guy this year, I just send it straight to Gage on Twitter. He's just absolutely bopping guys out there and, and he <laughs> loves it. Yeah. He's killing guys out there. Yeah, so what was cool. what was you know, I I kinda wanna dig deep here a little bit, Keener. Like obviously great, great career. You played professional hockey. Um, you played at North Dakota, played on great teams at North Dakota. Um, with that comes up, ups and downs. Like, was there ever, a, you know, a time in your career where you were just struggling mentally, anything like that, or or was it pretty clean? I know that you've, you've done, you're a great teammate, you're a great guy. It's a story I'll bring up here in a little bit uh, down the road in our, in our interview about uh, you sitting out on senior night. But um you know, kind of take us through the mindset of, of playing hockey and, and what that was like for you. Um, well, yeah, I definitely had a lot of um, ups and downs. Like I didn't, to be honest, like my second year in Sioux City, well, my first year I was hurt for like half the second half, pretty much the whole second half of the season. That was kind of my first ever injury. Like I never really had anything that's that set me out of games. Um, and then the next year I got hurt again, like first game of the season. Like tore my labrum first game of the year, so then it's obviously like you know it's tough mentally to be out for four months and having to try and get back in. We had a really good team, so um, you know that was tough. And then obviously going to school, I think everyone, I mean, 
majority of guys go through it where you're you might not play for a weekend or two weekends in a row and it's it's uh it's tough when you don't play that many games but uh yeah i mean it, it's definitely something you gotta you know your mental health is definitely something you gotta take care of when, when you're playing hockey and i was lucky to have a lot of a lot of good guys that i played with that um you know we're obviously help you out off the ice and on the ice so um I, at school it, it's you know like i said it's even worse because you feel like you're never going to get in um but especially your freshman year like i don't think i played for the first like three or four weeks of the season and that's always tough mentally but oh, uh, yeah. yeah yeah so I was- I always thought, I always thought when I was playing hockey, like, ah, fuck, like, gotta try to play as long as I can. Like, the old nine to fiver sounds so hard, like, sounds terrible. Well, I mean, what I've come to find true is like, the old nine to fiver is way fucking easier than playing hockey. Like, <laughs> playing, hockey playing hockey, like. The mental, I mean, the, the nine to fiver might be a little more like physically taxing because you got to be somewhere for that long. But the the hockey game, like you're constantly in your head, like your mental, your mental health and like where your where your head's at at all times is just so fucking jumbled. Like you have a bad shift or even like a bad practice and you're just like, you can't stop thinking about it the rest of the day. Like, all right, my shift's going to get cut down tomorrow. Like. Am I going to play tomorrow? Am I off the PP? Am I off the PK? Like, what's going to happen? I mean, you're just running through scenarios every goddamn day. It's just – it's so mentally taxing. Like, I, I just can't believe the difference um, from what I've found. Just it's, – and it's funny thinking about because, like like I said, I always thought the 9-to-5 would be, like, way harder, and it's just – it ain't even close. Like, the mental side of hockey, it's, like, that's the toughest thing you'll ever go through. Yeah, I think, yeah, for sure. Like, I, I'm a guy that's, you know, probably maybe the same as you, just, like, you're always a, you're thinking about every scenario that you can go through. Like, one practice will be on the fifth line, and you're like, fuck, I'm never going to get back in. You know, they're pissed at my last weekend, whatever it is. And then, um, you know, and, and they definitely don't even mean anything by it, and it's just yourself in your own head. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I think another thing that really, for me, just going to, you know, play pro the last couple of years is um, like, so I was in Trois-Rivières this for, for training camp this year. And um, they were like, well, we're probably going to get one or two guys back from Laval. So, you know, just have a good camp, keep playing. We'll see how things go. And they ended up getting eight guys down, eight forwards from Laval. <laughs> in, 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 in one day that are like four of them are on NHL contracts and it's just, Right away, you're back in your own head. Like, okay, if these get, if you have this many guys, we can carry this, but this, and it just, yeah, it definitely gets in your own head. But it's definitely something you got to, you got to try and stay away from when you're playing. Hundred percent. It's it's the toughest thing in the world. I was a mental midget when it came to that shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so I was just kind of curious your your thought process on it. But I also wanted to uh, touch because I don't feel like we've talked about this a whole lot. Is like the action of changing the way that you play to like fit a different role. Um, you know, we talk a lot about guys that, you know, get drafted and go to the NHL or whatever, and they're expected to be a top six forward and they don't fit there, but they can't fit in the three, four range. So they don't really know. Um, 
you know, coming off injuries and some of those things you're sometimes put into those third, fourth line roles. Sometimes they throw you into the power play. Like what, how do you change your game to fit roles that you're not used to playing? I think, well, for sure. It's definitely something that you have to, I think any good player has to be able to do. Um, It's so easy to go the other. I feel like for me personally, it was easy for me to go the other way. It was tougher for me to go back to being, to try and be an offensive player after I've kind of been like a third, fourth line grinder for the last few years. And that I think was what kind of was my toughest part. But um, I think for, like I said, any good player has to be able to do both. And like, that's something that there's so much parity now with, with players, like everybody's skilled now is whether or not you can be able to play a checking role or defensive role when you need to. Um, at school, like I had no problem doing it. Like I, I wanted to, like, I wanted to be like a, an energy guy. Um, you know, there's so much skill in North Dakota that they're not looking for me to be a skill guy. They're looking for me to be good defensively and be a good teammate. And that's kind of just how I looked at it. For sure. And there's, I mean, there's something about being the guy who can who who can fucking block the shots and and he can run guys and he can you know do what other guys aren't willing to do. I mean, um, it's inspiring and it's it's fun to be that guy. Like, you know, obviously it's great to be the guy skating through the line first after a goal. Um, now, obviously it's it's unbelievable scoring goals, but you know it's also unbelievable blowing a guy up and hearing the bench erupt. It's also unbelievable, you know, laying down in front of a one-timer and hearing the bench erupt. And even the fucking fans erupt when that happens. Like, it, it gets the place going. Like, that shit's that shit makes you feel good. I mean, that's what kept me playing. Like, I wasn't having any fun actually, you know, putting up points because I fucking didn't, you know? Like, I found fun in other areas of the game. <laughs> um, right. Other areas that weren't as, as – uh, you know, they didn't really show up on the stat sheet as much, and they weren't as, you know, they're a little more painful at times. But, you know, you, you got to do what you got to do, obviously. What, one more one more sentimental question for me. You know, I like to dig deep into these emotional uh, hypothetical questions and statements. But, Keener, um, <clears throat> senior night at North Dakota, not your senior night, but uh, a senior night that you were a part of. Um you saw that one of the seniors was out of the lineup and you decided to walk into the coach's room and say, Hey, I'm not playing tonight. You're putting this guy in it's senior night. Um, first off fucking unbelievable story. Um, you know, that's, that's something that you like your parents can like put their cap on the fucking, you know, they raised a great kid. That's unreal. Like what, what brought you to walk into that locker room? Like you say, it's so hard. You battle to get in that lineup every single night. And for you to just give it up for someone with seniority, um, what brought you to that decision? And ultimately, why did you do it? Um, well, I, yeah, I mean, it was definitely something that like I was thinking about before. I think I was thinking about before even we had pregame skate, um, I always would skate on Saturdays, like majority of the time. Um, and I guess I won't say any names or whatever, but one of the guys wasn't, uh, was on the ice with us in, in warmups and they kind of, and I was waiting for the, you know, you get the, yeah, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. So I was kind of waiting for it. And they, and then he said, he said, I was good. 
Um, so I was kind of skating around and I still saw one of the senior guys is still out there. Um, and I, you know, I kind of skated by and saw him and he's definitely upset. And I mean, as he should have been, it was definitely a big, a big night. And, um, I don't know. I, I think just for me, it, I was thinking if, if it was me on the other side, because it very well could have been, um, the next year, uh, or my senior year, it could have easily been me. And I think that's something that you, you'd want your, your teammate to do um at any time i think it kind of uh slid under the radar a bit my my senior year um sheeler kind of did the same thing with peter um and you know obviously didn't really go in like the media and stuff but um yeah it's it's just uh something that i think is such an easy thing to do um and was kind of like a no-brainer for me honestly yeah that is a that is a sick story. A little Rudy moment there, throwing the jersey on the fucking desk. Uh, yeah, I mean that's unbelievable. And obviously, you know, like I, I, you can tell, like when you when we talk about like when Ols brought it up, it's like you know a lot of hockey players like yourself and uh, like us, you know, some guys brought up about you that you did um, out of your goodwill it's kind of embarrassing. You're like, I don't talk about that. Like, you know, like you said, like Sheeler didn't make the, didn't make the media and he's probably like thankful it didn't. Cause like, you, you don't, you don't want to look like that guy who's trying to get attention by doing those things, obviously. But uh, no, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's an unbelievable gesture to, to do. And, and, you know, I, I, I will, you know, obviously Bubs is the guy who, uh, you know, ultimately held the senior out and you had to do that. But, I'll give it back to Bubs. He, you know, my junior year, he ended up starting Dusky on D. So we could get all the fucking seniors in the starting lineup, which was yeah. hilarious at the time. But it was, a, it was a sick gesture by him. So I guess it goes both ways. And, and you know, obviously sometimes um, as a coach, you're kind of, you know, coaching for your job or in your career sometimes. So you got to take a little well, more yeah. No, one, that's, one thing I guess I'll say too about sorry to cut you off there was um that game that was the the night we won the Penrose. Um so like for but it's not Bubs I, I like wasn't ever thinking like yeah, oh, yeah. Was, but, you know like he, we we needed to win that game um yeah. to win the Penrose and we ended up doing it too, which was even better. So it kind of just all worked out for everyone. Yeah, and that's I, I didn't think you were throwing bubs under the bus at all. I was just kind of bringing the light that, you know, it happened, you know, in our certain, in our circumstance, you know, when he did throw Dusky at starting at D, you know, we had already won the Penrose the night before, I believe. And um, it didn't really matter that game. So obviously when that game matters a little more, um, you know, (laughs) you got to make some tougher calls. It was like, uh, you know, I was laughing I was laughing yesterday. So Gabby, my girlfriend, her teams, they played a game today and they didn't play a very good team in the, in the league ended up winning, but they, uh, their coach had practice and allowed them to dress up in costumes during practice yesterday. (laughs) And I was just laughing. I was like, do you think your coach would have uh, let you guys dress up in costumes for a practice the day before a game if you were playing like Quinnipiac or someone good? And she started laughing. She's like, "There's no chance," you know. So like, you make those different coaching calls. Uh, 
<laughs> based Wolf. on explain what the game means, I guess. So. Yeah. Wolf, did you guys do uh, the three-on-three uh, Halloween in Sioux City? No, we never did anything like that. So I had I had Brett Larson my first year, so I didn't have right. Jay until the second year. And uh, I was I was hurt 90% of that year, only played 20 games or whatever. Um, so I didn't do any of that stuff. And I don't remember uh, if they did or not, but I saw that you guys do that. It was unreal. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we had a – I think we did like the – what's that three-on-three game? The You go offense, defense – Kind of, I don't forget what it's called, anyways. But we we were doing that in Sioux City. Uh, we like everyone had their own costume team names and stuff. It was hilarious. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's you need fun. you need the you need those little games to spice shit up sometimes. Even if you're a, even if you're a 24 year old grinder in yeah. college, you you just need some of those days where you just get to say fuck it and you just have some fun. Especially in the USHL when it feels like you practice like. 5,000 times a year. Yes. You only play on the weekends, but you actually play like 80 games or 70 games still. Yeah, but you're fucking traveling all over <laughs> yeah. central United States oh. in a goddamn bus. Exactly. You're just breathing in farts for fucking <laughs> one third of the year. <laughs> just fucking laying in a hot box just full of fart dust. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> You'll never feel as shitty as that in your life. I mean, there's nothing worse than that. It's terrible. Yeah. How was uh, uh, Keener? We haven't talked a whole lot. Um, how was uh, your time in Orlando outside of hockey? Let's. Uh, let's... It was. Uh, it was. It was really fun, actually. We uh, obviously, you know, like great apartments. Um, we had like four pools at our apartment, tennis court. Um, the the spin chicklets guys did like a i don't know if you guys watched it or not this they did like a day in the life kind of thing with the solar bears and so they came down for a weekend and you know they were unreal like they're all the same guys basically as they are on spin chicklets yeah. and stuff like biz and wit came in before the game and put down five grand on the board and we're just like yeah good luck kind of thing and um it gets such like even like the practice rink and all that stuff is so nice. Like the RDV ice, whatever, it's so oh, yeah. nice. First class everywhere. Um, but like off the ice, it was it was just so nice being in warm weather for like the first time in so long. So yeah, that's uh, that's unreal. I didn't know Biz and those guys put five grand on the board. Like, what's what is everybody's fucking reaction to that? Because they were. People throw up fifty bucks or whatever, and you're kind oh, of like twenty. Just in the, 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They came in and Biz did the he did the starting lineup. Nice. Um, and then they put the five grand on the board, and everyone was just like, "Holy fuck!" And we we ended up going up. I think we went up three nothing in the first period, three or four nothing in the first period, and they tied it with like two seconds left. They tied it up. And so we're all just like, come on, you cannot be throwing this right now. And then, uh, and then, uh, Tristan Langan scored in overtime to win it. So, um, and then after the game, they were, they were like, all right. So we had practice the next day. Like it was a Thursday, Thursday game or something like that. So yeah. we had practice the next day and they were like, all right, we're going to go talk to Drake. We're going to, we're going to figure it out, whatever. And then, uh, Witt came out and said, uh, it's, uh, he says, no. But that's a 
flashing green light because we don't play until Sunday or Monday or something. <laughs> so they, uh, so they, they took us out. They took us out one night and like Biz and Wed paid for everything. And now they're just, it was unreal. That's sweet. Oh, that's all time. Keener, we, we ask everyone this. I guess we'll, we'll end with this. We ask every college hockey player, um, what would you say your favorite spot to go on the road was when you're at North Dakota? Well, okay. I would, I was, I would say Miami would be one. Um, I only went there. Well, we went there every year, but the only time that I played there, we only played there once that there was actually students at the games. Every other time, every other time, I think for my whole career, the only other time that we played, there was no uh, students. It was like they, because they have like some different, three terms or something like that so there was no students at at, like so no girls no nothing at these games i think it was for three years in a row almost two and a half that's brutal that that place is wild yeah so the first my freshman year i went there was unreal um yeah and then the rest of my career we never played there but i always like going to to denver um yeah it's just so nice such a nice hotel we stayed at um. Yeah, I think Denver for sure. Just kind of like the big city vibes that you don't really see out of a lot of other schools that we went to. For sure, Miami and Denver, a couple good picks there. I I wouldn't I wouldn't argue any of those. So like Miami was, I always make fun of Miami because it's like, how do you have a bad fucking hockey team at Miami? I mean, if, I, if I'm recruiting there, I'm just like, here, let me take you for a walk, kid. Let me show you around campus. Like, yeah. what are they? What, are they are they not walking around campus or what? What are they doing? So I yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable university. Yeah, that was. I think that was easily, and like just the the games were always pretty good. Like Miami, they weren't always great, but I feel like we always had pretty good games against them. You know, even at the Ralph too. For who sure. was uh, who was who was the team that you felt like you played the best against all the time? Um, probably Duluth or Western. I think. Love that. Actually, Omaha, Omaha, I think Omaha for sure. Omaha, yeah, I like for that. sure. That's like the only the only team I got any points against ever. <laughs> yeah, me too. Three I feel that's that was Miami. That was Miami for me. I was that's where Mayor of Grand Forks was born. I went four <laughs> points in two games there. I went absolutely bonkers. Yeah, I don't think I don't think I got many points against anyone else except Omaha. Yeah, me either. Uh, three three of my six goals against Omaha. Nasty. <laughs> That might be pretty similar to mine too. <laughs> bunch of bunch of goal scorers on this podcast today. I love it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, Keener, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you making the time for us. Um, whatever you're off to next, we wish you well, and hopefully we'll uh, get to see you in person sometime soon here. Yeah. Thanks, boys. I guess uh, I'll say. I guess my retirement was pretty much on uh, this podcast. So there you go. Really? We got the we got the scoop. We got yeah. the scoop. You heard it here first, folks. Jackson Keene is now retired from the game of hockey. So congrats, man. Your life's yeah. about to be a lot a whole lot easier. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you need anything, you just reach out. It's easier than you think. I, I promise you that. I will do for sure. All right, brother. It's good to see All you. Right, guys, we'll see you next week. Thank you.